1: Hello. On this episode of Film Chat, after attacking my neighbour for shouting at my adopted grandad, I am put into a highly secure ape sanctuary, where I face daily verbal abuse from the kid who played Draco Malfoy. Meanwhile, Sam tries to manufacture a cure for Alzheimer's, but ends up creating a virus that kills humans and makes apes super smart.
2: That's stupid of me.
1: And uh, Oh, wait, sorry, hold on. Uh, yeah, I've actually confused us with the characters from the 2011 film Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Sorry about that. This Easy is actually do. just a podcast where we talk about films. I'm Danny Moran, and joining me is my lovely friend, Sam.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Danny. This time on Film Chat, Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts wrestle with middle age in Noah Baumbag's latest awkward slice of American life while we're young. And Vin Diesel and Jason Statham... Ah, Vin Diesel... <laughs> Sorry, I just I want to replace that segment with just this noise. <laughs> it's brilliant, it's brilliant. Oh, I'm going to read that again and Vin Diesel and Jason Statham wrestle with each other in the aggressively silly Men in Cars film Fast and Furious 7 plus Disney continues to check its own Wikipedia page for cartoons to turn into live action films Danny tests my knowledge of Fast and Furious taglines and we exchange hair care tips while clipping each other's toenails in a segment Katie assures us will make the final edit that's it, that's all we're doing nothing else will happen except for what I just said let's go
1: Films, <laughs> films, 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 lots of films, 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 These good films, bad films, fun films, sad films, films we love,
2: weird films, love one, Trier films, old films, new films, some John's new films, films that stars Peter Fitch,
1: films by David Lynch, Short films, six hours long. you have got films up to your gills with films, 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 films,
2: films. Movies. Are you feeling comfortable?
1: Film chat has begun. So Sam, have we got any letters or emails or tweets or bebos? Um, We may have Bebo, so I don't
2: don't know. That's uh, Katie's job to monitor it, right? The the Bebo um, page might have been extremely active. It might be (laughs) flourishing. There might be a whole community going on there, Um, but I wouldn't know because I haven't seen it. But our only listener has written to us again. Thank you, James. Hi, James. Thanks,
1: James. Hi, James. Love you, James. Love you, James.
2: James is proposing that after the epic Film Chat bowling trip, uh, which we did in 2014, we go on another one. James says, Guys, can I propose another film chat bowling trip? This time extended to an entire night of debauchery. Well, I thought the previous one was a whole night of debauchery, James.
1: I mean, if he thought the one before wasn't debaucherous. What the hell has he he got in
2: mind? He wants to go to a place called Rowan's. He says, I've never been, but apparently it's really great. This time we have to try and get all the regular listeners involved. I think they might have been involved last time, James.
1: I think you've uh, accidentally typed an S on the end of the word. <laughs> <Listen to this. laughs>
2: and he also says, "I have I have written to you guys about seven times and only ever received one smudged picture. What's with that?" And he does a little unhappy face, but then he follows the unhappy face with three kisses. So he obviously doesn't feel Makes that bad message. about it. Yeah. Um, Well, on the first thing, I'm certainly up for another bowling trip. Are you up for going to Rowan's? Yeah, sure. Bowling and pool in North London with Rowan's. So we can bowl a bit and then I'm hopping the pool to cool off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, As for the single smudged picture, I I think that the... um, company that we've outsourced the picture uh, distribution to maybe hasn't been quite as hot on it as uh, they were when we first got them yeah we cut their rates and they have some suppliers backed
1: out yeah it's
2: hard to find the pens yeah and they they uh, photographic paper costs a lot more than it used to james so the economy's bad yeah <laughs> economy's in the tank so yeah we're having some trouble but we will get you something i don't know what it's going to be we have to think of uh, maybe another product that we can produce what about like um, patches of our own skin? A, like a lock of a ha- lock of our hair maybe? Oh, that sounds a bit easier to get than patches of skin, okay? <laughs> a lock of our hair. But you don't have yeah, much hair anymore. It's true. I should have kept some when I should. I've got a, a bit of a beard. How about a lock of my beard? A lock of Sam's beard. <laughs> Coming your way, James. Lock of beard for James. Um, and that concludes another lengthy round of correspondence. Marvelous. Superhero films announced... Passing rumours leaking out M. Chamberlain's film is hated Paul Thomas Anderson's is fated Meryl Streep's Oscar tip Matt Damon's in a viral vid Michael Bay's made a mint That's the news
1: that's fit to print So news, exciting news uh, Ang Lee, acclaimed director His new film is hotting up It's called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk I've read that novel, it's very good Is it very good? Yeah, it's an acclaimed
2: novel by Ben Fountain
1: Anyway, he's assembled uh, the greatest cast ever known to man. Yeah. So he's got all the great actors working today in this film. You've got Steve Martin, Kristen Stewart, Case Drew, Case Drew. That's not how you. Case Strew. Case Drew. Case Stew. Garrett Headland. Yeah. Great actor. Fantastic actor. And he's now added two heavyweights: Vin Diesel and Chris Tucker. Yeah. Finally, they're together
2: on screen. I mean, there's not a bad film in the uh, filmography of any of the people you just mentioned, which is, is why it's such a stamp of quality that they're in this one.
1: It's bizarre because Vin Diesel possibly has the deepest voice in Hollywood and Chris Tucker has the most high-pitched voice in Hollywood. That's right. I imagine there'll be mortal enemies. Maybe that's it. Maybe they battle yeah. with words.
2: Uh, what, like like beat poetry? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. like freestyle rap or something?
1: So the plot... You've read the book. You've I've read known. the book, yeah. So it's about a man and some friends (laughs) you fill in the rest (laughs) um
2: he's an iraq war veteran he's very young he's like 19 years old he was a hero of a viral video um in the iraq war talking about the the second gulf war by the way which sort of shows him kicking some ass in iraq taking down the the terrorists um or the insurgents or whoever the bad people are who were there and uh, he comes back and his whole platoon is like a big hero because this video he starred in. And the film is mostly set, you know, on his, like, when he's come back from the war and he's being sort of lauded as a hero and they're being trotted out as war heroes in the middle of the Super Bowl and, like, the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, and meanwhile, it's having sort of flashbacks. And it's, a kind, it's kind of about uh, the disconnect between uh, Americans um, sort of roaring, jingoistic... Um, attitude towards war and the kind of uh, dislocating horror of having actually been in it, um, so it's pretty good. It's like yeah, it's entertaining stuff. I think um, Ang Lee seems like you know, he's a very good director.
1: He's a bit um, uh, he he kind of hops genres quite easily. He seems just to be able to do anything.
2: Yeah, so maybe that's why he seems suitable for this material because it's not really, it doesn't really slot into a particular kind of genre. You know, yeah, and he's a, he's a good versatile drama man, so works well. So I'm hoping that given the cast, we can look forward to the tone of this film slotting in somewhere between The Fast and the Furious, Rush Hour, Tron Legacy, Twilight, and The Man with Two Brains, which to me sounds like <laughs> it's going to be one of the best films ever, That'd right? Be great. If anyone Come can on. play over Ang Lee can, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And he's got a great history with unusual casting decisions. He obviously launched the uh, meteoric film career of Dimitri Martin yes. with this um, film taking Woodstock.
1: Um he launched uh, Kevin Klein's career in The Ice Storm. Hadn't been seen in a film before <laughs>
2: 1995.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um absolutely. Fat Fatt was an unknown. And before Cruel no Dragon? Didn't he um
2: pretty much make Marvel's uh, cinematic universe with his take on Hulk?
1: Pretty much it's all there. It's yeah. all there in the first frame. It's all there. The first frame of Hulk. Yeah. It's thing. like a little plan. Just it. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah. Um,
2: so, so yeah, one he's to a, look forward he's a star to. Maker. Disney is continuing to ransack its own back catalogue for cartoons to turn into live action films. Um, someone at Disney really liked Paddington. <laughs> I think. They really, really liked Paddington, and um, I think the success of Cinderella has spurred on um, more things. So they've got a bunch yeah. of stuff in the works. So we just talked about Dumbo. Um, was that other two weeks ago or something? Yeah. And they're also making live action version of the Jungle Book. They're also doing Beauty and the Beast and Mulan, as well as Winnie the Pooh. All these things are in the works. Um, and the latest one is Pinocchio. They want to make a live-action version of Pinocchio.
1: Pinocchio.
2: There's actually. already one of those in development, actually, which is um, something that Guillermo del Toro is working on, apparently. Now, that sounds cool. It's probably some sort of dark, twisted version, you know? Yeah. Where he has to, like, snort blood to- <laughs> and it makes his nose grow. So.
1: <laughs> if you know Gilmero, that's his style.
2: Yeah, that's he'll pull that off. Yeah, I understand that Disney are also looking to remake some of their live action films as children's animations, <laughs> like uh, National Treasure and Saving Mr. Banks. They're going to look like old school, like 30s Disney. You that know? sounds amazing. Yeah, and I, I've even heard that Disney are considering turning some of the live action films of other studios into children's animations like uh, The Bone Collector <laughs> and House of a Thousand Corpses. So.
1: Those are two films that no one has like, fought on <laughs> since that release. That's amazing. <laughs> the Bone Collector.
2: It's a great film. Yeah, have you seen The Bone Collector? Yeah, I've seen it. With uh, Queen Latifah and... Um, is she uh, in it? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think she is. Is Denzel Washington is he in it? Yeah, Denzel Washington
1: it. is like a paraplegic cop and, and Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie, yeah.
2: Is Queen Latifah Yeah, I'm it? pretty sure Queen Latifah's in it. I don't know why she's the first one I thought of because she's really not as famous a film star as Angelina <laughs> Jolie or Denzel Washington. I think she's his nurse. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. I recommend you you guys check it out. When I say you guys, I mean James. <laughs> you should check it out, James.
1: It's pretty good. Talking of Pinocchio, what yep. are the problems of uh, live-action adaptation? Well, first of all, there's a live a- like AI is sort of already Pinocchio, live-action Pinocchio. Hmm. And secondly You
2: mean sort of Is he a real boy I want to be a real boy Type story Yeah
1: exactly And also It's a less simple time That sort of innocent man Creating a little boy Because he's lonely uh, Storyline mm. How do you tackle that In a
2: Post per- Savile era post-Saville?
1: Yeah Basically Who is Who could play Giuseppe You know
2: Well who's the, the Most wholesome Tom Hanks Tom Hanks Yeah probably I mean it's Disney right so yeah. I think if there was a, probably, if yeah. there was a creepy sex scandal involving Tom Hanks I don't know how I think half the world would have a, a total meltdown you know yeah. and then the, the other half of the world's living on you know less than a dollar a day so they're not interested in Hanks but um Tim Allen know, well, I don't know I think Hanks is more wholesome than
1: Tim Allen I was thinking about this when we made the podcast I was thinking about this the other day how like uh, in Toy Story the voice casting is like Tim Allen is sort of the guy you'd get if you couldn't get Tom Hanks He's like, get me like the sort wholesome Jimmy Stewart type to be the cowboy. Oh, I see. And it's yeah. It's like, okay, well now we need like the same kind of actor to play the astronaut character.
2: And that's it's funny like, because you think there'd be a contrast between them. You'd yeah. be looking for a contrast, but you're right; they are kind of They're the both, same. They're both
1: because that's the sort of whole like concept. Because like the people who made it of the generation, where grew up on westerns and then the space race. Yeah. That's all that Toy Story is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I made the podcast.
2: Yeah, if you made that today, it would be about like living Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something, <laughs> or, like, and then the then instead sort of it's like Lego and Ninjas then The Beyblades come in. Yeah, the be- <laughs> the Beyblades. I feel like we're showing our age. <laughs> if, you know, if we have any thirteen-year-old listeners, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be like, "What the fuck is a Beyblade?" It's about a
1: Pikachu and a Beyblade. <laughs> yeah. And they learn to be friends. Pikachu, the voice of Woody Allen and Beyblade. You've got, <laughs> you've got a friend to be Beyblade. <laughs> Spinning around a lot. They get a little nauseous <laughs> looking at you, but you, you're a great guy. You've got a fantastic character. You know, a lot
2: of people think that I only see... Pikachu, but actually my vocabulary is much broader than that. You know, if if I, if I was in some kind of Bruce Almighty type uh, incident where I was given godlike powers for no reason, I think my first act as god would be to change Woody Allen's name, like, legally to Pikachu. And then he'd wake up and he'd just be legally he'd be called Pikachu. <laughs> and then I would just like to watch and see how like when he first realizes i just want to i just want to watch the first conversation he has after realizing that's happened
1: this is like the greatest daily mash article never written so
2: final piece of news major news everyone is looking forward to this year's fantastic four film which they're rebooting so expensive. the reboots are getting closer and closer to uh the original sound i don't remember when fantastic four one was i do know maybe it was about 10 years ago actually. yeah yeah so uh same as spider-man i guess anyway they're doing this remake it's kind of a bit darker. All the cast is incredibly young, and uh, we haven't seen much of it yet, except for a teaser trailer, which didn't give very much away. There was almost no superpowers in it. It was more like a trailer for like Interstellar or something like that.
1: It was just a movie just called Four. Yeah,
2: exactly. Nothing fantastic about no, absolutely nothing fantastic about them, unless you uh, consider you know four guys wandering about not doing a whole lot. Fantastic. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are a boring man. And now we've got a real juicy image has come out in only in a metaphorical way of uh, The Thing. Played by uh, Jamie Bell. Played by Jamie Bell. Former
1: Billy Elliot. Yeah. He's mo-capped The Thing.
2: Yeah, so in the in the, in the previous one, they, they went down the uh, rubber suit route, and they just put Michael Chiklis in a big <laughs> rubber rock suit to turn him into The Thing. And now it's sort of mo-capped, so he looks a lot more rocky. Yeah. And if you want to see a picture of what I'm talking about, <laughs> Google is... <laughs> Is at your fingertips probably, um, but and we actually have uh, excitingly a uh, clip um, of audio of the first noise made yeah. by the thing. It's really exciting in the film. Let's have a listen to that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a rock. Oh, what sounds Incredible. pretty good. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I like the sound of Jamie Bell he sounds really good I like the voice he's doing
1: I mean he is a very good actor and I'm sure he'll do a great performance mm-hmm. but I feel that character is just too stupid perhaps <laughs> <laughs> what you mean for the sort of serious Northern-esque take well first of all like the Fantastic Four are so obviously a product of their sort of 60s mm. Uh, colorful this is, thing that, like, like, all, colours. this is the thing that
2: all these superheroes have to overcome you know <laughs> and they all have to overcome the fact that they were all invented in this sort of like uh, bubble gum yeah bubble gum like medium aimed at children right yeah. where like everything is really silly and they all like yeah have these bright costumes and stuff and, but, like, uh, and now they've like- got to do these like films for grown-ups to go to see
1: yeah, but like with Fantastic Four, like the silliness is like really ingrained. In yeah, it. it's yeah. in the names, it's in the powers.
2: Well, the way that what the guy has to activate his power by saying "Flame on." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the sort of leader of the team's name is Mister Fantastic. This not a very badass hero name.
1: Yeah, did he give himself that name?
2: I I don't know. I mean, maybe his birth surname is Fantastic. I I don't know. <laughs> Steve Fantastic. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Maybe he's called Stefan Tastic. <laughs> I don't know. He just he just goes with it.
1: Yeah, and when he's emigrating to America, uh, there's a lazy guy filling out his passport details, and it just ends up being called Steve Fantastic.
2: Yeah, like that's a good that's a good idea. Steph he's fun. coming. Yeah, he's coming from uh, uh, Eastern, Eastern Europe. Europe. Yeah, he's a Polish immigrant. He arrives, and someone's like, "What's your name?" He's Steff Fantastic. <laughs> Steff Fantastic, or something. <laughs> it's and like guy's stay like, fantastic hey, guys, this it's fucking weird Steve. guy he's called Steve fantastic you kidding me I don't know how that would get back like, how's that going to get back to him he
1: gets handed his papers or whatever and he's like well that's my name now <laughs> what <laughs> move along buddy <laughs> yeah It'd be, it's hard to say his name without sounding like you're being sarcastic okay Mr. Fantastic <laughs> you're really you're, you know what I mean <laughs> How can you say anything yeah. straight to him about something just like you're taking the piss? Absolutely, especially if he has a got kind of a party drink or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, anyway,
2: we we've really gone. <laughs> hotly anticipate that one. Hotly anticipate it. End of the news. And now for Danny to
1: review a film he recently saw. Was it staggeringly
2: brilliant? Was it we awesome, poor? Out of Danny for the judgment we're about to hear is called. If he does a rubbish job, then Sam will tell him off.
1: So. While We're Young is the latest film from Noah Baumbach who is the director of The Squid and the Whale and Francis Ha and a bunch of movies all about uh, cynical miserable people apart yeah. from Francis Ha perhaps which he key back uh, key there they didn't write it Greta Gerwig wrote it which yeah. maybe that's why it's the Francis sort of Ha's really good I That's the that's one I've seen, seen but really I really liked it yeah. yes more on this later this will come back Francis Ha So, the plot is uh, Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts play Ben and Cordelia, who are a childless, affluent New York couple. Cordelia is the daughter of a legendary documentarian, played by Charles Grodin, the dad from Beethoven, Yes, most brilliant role, and uh, she also produces his movies. Josh is also a documentarian. He had a lot of success early on in his career, but spent uh, the last eight years endlessly editing and reshooting this documentary, which is about everything. He's got a creative problem. It's about Synecdoche, New York. Precisely. Uh, he teaches uh, film class at a community college, and there he's befriended by Jamie and Derby, played by Adam Driver and Amanda Seyfried, who are a happy-go-lucky Are they also both young... documentarians Yes! <laughs> uh, Adam Driver wants to, is like a huge fan of his work, and they befriend Ben and Cordelia and... Uh, Ben and Cordelia have like a sort of second wind of life and, you know, their their cool young friends introduce them to all these new experiences and their boring, regular, same-age friends are like, you guys are acting weird. And uh, stuff spirals on from there and then there's a sort of element where you wonder whether Jamie's motivations for befriending Josh are a little bit uh, sinister. Oh dear. Maybe he's just using Josh for his connections. Oh my goodness. Yes, so I didn't like this film at all. I found it really annoying. <laughs> well, that goes against the grain. It's got very positive reviews. People, you know, people really like it. You know it. why critics like this movie? Because most critics are old, bitter white guys. And this <laughs> is a movie see about old, in bitter white men. Yeah. Yeah, there's many things that annoyed me about it. Basically, uh, all the characters are annoying, and it's all very dull. Now, like, moving on
2: it's good that you do that because that means that if we really
1: like squeezed for space we can cut your review <laughs> down <laughs> so first of all look, i'm this might be a bit random all my grievances but my biggest grievance is a depiction of uh the young couple yeah it's like they're both a uh caricature and a cipher for what noah bamberg assumes young people are like they're like these crazy hipsters they ride bikes they live in a h- ludicrously huge New York apartment. <laughs> they uh, have everything on vinyl. Yeah. They watch films on VHS. And it's like, these people do not exist. Why would you watch film on VHS? Exactly. Why would you choose to watch a film on yeah. VHS? There's I a, understand there's, vinyl but yeah, a bit, there's a point to but... vinyl. But, and what, it was so uh, annoying to me and slightly strange because he directed Francis Hart, which one of the great things about that movie is it sort of completely demystifies the idea of being like a young person in a city. And it's right, like, it's yeah. actually really tough. And you have to... Workloads and you spend most of your money on rent for your tiny apartment, and it's a bit shit. And you know,
2: yeah, absolutely the drudgery yeah. of it, yeah. But
1: no, those uh, forget about that. Forget, you know, it's like <laughs> everyone is young, it's great. You're having crazy uh, street parties. Your girlfriend just makes sort of uh, uh ice cream she sells to Whole Foods, uh, yeah, that's happens, that's a career thing. So I was like, uh, so I was like, what, 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 mm-hmm. come on, bone back, bound back, have you pronounced yeah. your name? So that really annoyed me. My big takeaway from it was like, Noah Baumbach is like this 40 year old, comes from a slightly grumpy man who had some musings about old age and regret, and it felt like a bit like a sort of column he was writing. Yeah, and yeah. then he constructed this film to sort of exp- explore these ideas but his opinions and sort of like what he's trying to say is the priority and actually telling a good story is secondary. Right, yeah. So many of the characters just do not feel remotely real. Like, I mean, Ben Stiller does his best, but he's just playing affluent white New Yorker man, you know, hashtag 15 or something. I mean, it's not yeah, any yeah. point in even naming him. It was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was like, you know. It's like oh, he's a uh, man. He's trying to make something. It's taking a while. It's like I've seen this movie. he a bit like a sort of Woody Allen character. Well, it really uh, it kind of annoyed me. It's like I'm a huge Woody Allen fan, and uh, it's like it's, it seems like he's made so many films now that it's just okay to just uh, steal from him. It's not stealing anymore. Right, he's like yeah. a, He's more like a genre than an actual yeah, yeah like director. So it's basically his character from Crimes of Mister Yeah. You know, like he's, uh, but instead of um the Allen. Arkin character which if you've seen the movie is like this of uh, his brother-in-law who's like an asshole producer who's really successful like that character is split between the father-in-law character who's a successful documentarian and Adam Driver's character who is also successful in his own way and he's trapped in the middle so basically uh, it's just it's quite lame the comedy the basically, the basic comic beats are like, like Naomi Watts is so old, but she goes to a hip hop class and she's dancing to hip hop. <laughs> well, she's so out of place. And it's like, Ben still is wearing a hat. Yeah. Like, the young people wear hats. It's like, and it was like a real, it like, is, broad kind of yeah. brushstrokes. And they just, like, keep on playing that joke over and over again. A- you know what it kind of reminds, like, your description reminds, sorry to cut you off. No, no, not
2: at all. Um, but what your, what your description reminds you of a bit is Nebraska. Do you remember when we went to see Nebraska? Yeah. And uh, it was this kind of I acclaimed... I Nebraska. <laughs> it was like this sort of acclaimed, uh, gentle humour, another kind of slice-of-life film where it's like, look at these quirky people and their funny ways. But it was another one where the, the jokes kind of seemed very sort of broad and lame. It was yeah, like, yeah, completely. Look at the stupid southerners. They just sit in front of the TV and, you know, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. They have no lives. Like, their world is boring and empty. Ha, 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 you know? And it yeah. was a bit like, this isn't kind of the... Artfully
1: drawn, like portrait of real life that I was hoping it would be. There's a really annoying um, montage where it's like intercutting the two couples' like routines, and like the cool couple listen to vinyl and play VHS, you know, and the old lame couple like listen to podcasts and watch Netflix. It's like, first of all, everyone yeah. fucking listen to podcasts and Netflix. Or like, what's your perception of the youth of people who live in their 60s? You yeah, know? yeah. People where <laughs> technology doesn't exist. <laughs> your idea of a young person is a Luddite.
2: Yeah. I mean, if I befriended some elderly documentarian and uh, they were like, wow, I get to partake in your cool life, you know, what they do with me is
1: like, go to the cinema, go to the pub. Yeah. Uh- I do this. This is the one exciting thing I do. The re- The reason it didn't work for me is because unlike a movie like The Squid and the Whale where the characters are unlikable but they're sort of real, it was like they're unlikable and they're not real but also he's, they're using, he's using it to make it like a broader point which I just fundamentally disagree with. Yeah. And his uh, perception of, like, young people are slightly selfish and there's like a line in the movie where they're like, they list uh, Jamie's flaws and they're like, you know, he's something and then... Uh, Ben says, "Like he's just young," and it's like, "No, he's a dick. He's not just young. You know, you can't just categorize." And it's like, "This like one particular character has a lot of bad attributes, but you're just wrapping that all up in under the headline yeah. of young." Well, I mean, is that, what you mean? Was he like selfish and short-sighted? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And um, it's also got this quite like the fact that a uh, documentary filmmaker's means there's like this ongoing debate in the movie about like truth and reality and how you present yourself. And it's the sort of, sort of Woody Allen thing where people constantly say how they're feeling. Mm. But it's kind of the reason they do that is because they're film guys, right? They're always discussing truth or whatever. Everyone but, is like really self examining. and yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just so boring. So tedious the argument. It's like, can a documentary be objective? It's like, no. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal truth to bow back there. But Charles Grodin's very good in it. Okay. And uh, there's a good soundtrack by James Murphy from LCD Sound System. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he does a cool little... uh, You see,
2: James Murphy, the kids like him, but he himself is more, you know, tending towards middle age. Yeah. He's straddling that divide. You know
1: how, like, old people and young people have, like, different uh, worldviews? What's that about, huh? What's that about? (laughs) Uh, Everyone has different worldviews. Okay. So uh, don't go see it or just wait 20 years and, like, have a couple of divorce. or something and you'll fucking love it it would be brilliant
2: Ooh, time for a break from all the film chat have a cup of tea maybe make a quick snack and telephone friends who you is at Like enough Now back to
1: film chat
2: So I went to see A much more exciting film Than you did I don't know why You made that decision Danny <laughs> To be honest I don't really understand How you can walk into a cinema And come out with a ticket For anything except Fast and Furious 7
1: Whoa. So, um, Sam, I've missed the previous six installments. So can you just bring me up to speed with the plot? Absolutely, I will. So, uh, Fast and Furious 1, um, Vin
2: Diesel is a car racing... I don't remember this that well. He's a car racing uh, man. He's in. A, he likes to drag race. And uh, Paul Walker's an FBI agent. He's come in. He's worried they're driving the cars too fast or something. And uh, he infiltrates the gang. Uh, but it turns out <laughs> he identifies with them and they become genuine friends. At the end, Vin Diesel finds out that he's an FBI agent, uh, but they patch up their differences. Then in the second film, Vin Diesel's off. You know, he's, he's become a gardener or a cook, so he's not driving <laughs> cars anymore or something. I don't remember what happens. In the third film, everyone is gone. The whole cast is scrapped. They're in Tokyo now. The cars drive sideways, uh, which is what they do in Japan. It's a very different place. In the fourth film, everyone's banged together. It's a big ensemble cast. I have literally no idea what the plot is. In the fifth film, uh, the (laughs) still expanded gang—you know, minus one or two members—the cast is always kind of shifting around. Um, They move on from simply driving cars really quickly to becoming sort of international um thieves and they head to rio de janeiro to rob a bank for reasons that escaped me dwayne the rock johnson turns up as the largest policeman in the world to try to track them down and uh somewhat like paul walker at the beginning he turns he, you know, he's the car gang's enemy but they're just such nice sort of genuine and sort of uh friendly guys that he gets on board with them eventually and uh, they both thwart um villain of some description. In the sixth film, it's like full-on kind of apocalyptic Bond film. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's it's kind of turned into a superhero franchise, except, like, the solution to every problem is always, like, we're going to have to get into a really fancy car and drive it around. Um, and they've got to take down Luke Evans, um, who's, uh, he's up to something, right? Um, yeah. He's in London. Uh, I, don't, I don't know the plot, haven't seen it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that brings us up to speed, right? Okay, so, so seven. So in seven, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Dwayne Johnson, Ludacris—they're all back, and they all still love to drive cars. Were um, you just
1: describe them all as Ludacris, or as Ludacris in the movie?
2: Uh, sorry, Ludacris is in the film. Right? So yeah. Right. <laughs> Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Dwayne Johnson, Ludacris. So uh, they're all back, and they still love to drive cars, fight, hug, and look at sexy women's bums. As a very key part of the Fast and Furious franchise, of course. Of course. Paul Walker isn't driving his cars quite as fast, um, or looking at the women's bums quite as intently as he used to, because he's settled down now. He's married to Vin Diesel's sister and they've had a child together but his domestic bliss is short-lived because jason statham turns up as the even more badass older brother of the villain from the previous film oh, and after that there's just continuous absolute exciting nonsense uh, for about two hours wow raw credits yeah it's basically one of the silliest films that's probably ever been made <laughs> <laughs> but but you know I, I kind of enjoyed it yeah i think I'd, I'd read a lot of um, enthusiasm about the Fast and Furious series. There's a strange kind of affection for it, um, more so than for other massive franchises uh, yeah. uh, like Transformers or stuff.
1: I think. Sorry.
2: Um, no, I was just gonna say, like, I think, I think it's partly due to the fact that it had these kind of humble origins as this little like um racing like drama film which was not sure. a mass blockbuster and then you know by like steps it's kind of like rolled itself into this gigantic world busting epic
1: yeah i think um, what i like about it is that it's um it's so macho it's like a parody of like and it's all like muscles and cars yeah. and bikinis yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah. like it's just a hair it sort of is a parody of like a sort of blokes film in yeah. a way, it's th- like a sense of humor to it i think they sort of know the dumb level i think,
2: think that's yeah i mean there's there's certainly there's an awareness of the kind of film they're making and i think there's also um it doesn't have the air of like nastiness or cynicism which you know michael bay's films do yeah you know where this when you're watching those kinds of movies all you're seeing is like the check going into the bank accounts of like the actors involved you know Or Brett Ratner as well, where you just feel like it's, you know, some Hollywood douchebag making his movie. Whereas in these films, I really feel like Vin Diesel would fund the film himself, you know, if he was, you know, know, if he had to, because um, he loves being at them so much. And there's such a thick vein of like sentimental bromance to them that doesn't feel like it's really faked. And that kind of gives it like an air of goodwill um which i think means people have a lot more time for it than they would do like a similarly dumb other franchise but I, I i feel like i would like it more if um there was a like a you know a little less heavy on the kind of bikini shots yeah you know because like if you didn't have all that stuff in it then it would just seem like more kind of like everyone loves you know everyone can get on board with yeah. um you know explosions and fighting and stuff you know a lot of people like that but the constant well maybe not constant but it's like every 20 minutes you know there has to be another bit where they go to a pool party or a yeah. you know beach or something where there can be like the setting can be introduced with like a series of shots of like identically bodied women in like thongs and you know stuff like running around and that's like that's like saying to the section of the audience this film is not for you you know yeah. and i think that kind of goes against the the atmosphere of the rest of the movie which is like come on in you know it's super fun everyone get involved you know yeah where you're sort of picturing the the cast all going out together you know and like uh, to a bar after shooting and having a great time just hanging out whereas but those bits are a bit like this film is supposed to give a 14 year old boy an erection and that's why this is in this you know yeah so that was a little unfortunate Back to the, the sort of sentimentality aspect to it, that's kind of enhanced with this movie because um, of Paul Walker, who tragically died um, in 2013 uh, in a car accident. He was uh, a like passenger in a yeah. car that was going super fast and crashed, and he died. Um, and they were halfway through filming this film uh, at the time, and they've kind of reconstructed his performance, and uh, they've done you know what they did with Oliver Reed and Gladiator, but with 20 you know 14 technology. Um, to sort of make up his performance and it's really like pretty much seamless it's amazing like I was you know I was expecting there to be shots where you're like oh there you go it's the CGI Paul Walker uh, which is only really true right at the end of the movie
1: I have a question yeah go ahead the franchise was reinvigorated in the fifth installment by the introduction of an action hero Dwayne The Rock Johnson Dwayne The Rock Johnson I mean, surely Vin Diesel, The Rock, and Statham in the same movie. Does Statham uh, yeah. bring his badass levels of badassery?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, uh, Statham,
1: yeah, they sort of set him up like right at the beginning as, like, he's
2: the most badass man in the universe, you know? Yeah. Like, the first sequence is him delivering some sort of badass speech and then, like, wandering through a hospital where he's, like, killed a bunch of people. But, unfortunately, because the heroes are also badass, I feel like they have some contractual thing with it. They can't really lose or get beaten at any point you know because right. they've got to be like cool all the time so he's continually thwarted throughout the film which is uh, kind of undercuts you know he sort cool. of seems like ultra cool but he, he always seems to be getting like slightly thwarted and, but also like Dwayne The Rock Johnson looks like he could eat Jason Statham, you know <laughs> so it's I kind of, it's kind of like you kind of admire his gumption as a villain yeah. when he first encounters The Rock he's like uh, you know absolutely not bothered by him at all
1: Whenever he'll take him on a fist fight, and he really is about a foot shorter, <laughs> so
2: it's like quite it's quite cool.
1: They should just get uh, the guy who plays the, the mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, get the first strongest man in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He should be the villain in uh, you know eight, number eight. Yeah, it's also got Tony Jar in it. Oh wow, from um, Ong Bak. Ong Bak and uh, Katie's um, favorite favorite action sequence film discussed in film chat fourteen yeah. or something and uh, he just sort of turns up to do some of his like martial arts and stuff and it's like why not you know that's just like another fun thing they can do in the film Um, and yeah and like I was because there's this general kind of goodwill behind the movie I was kind of hoping to enjoy it a bit more than I did I think especially because almost everything that happens that's exciting is spoiled in the trailer it's a very spoiler heavy trailer Hmm. like the first part of the trailer is just literally like one of the major set pieces of the film condensed into like Uh, Thirty seconds. Yeah, and it just
1: spoils the whole thing. I don't know. I I I, I think the way to do the franchise now is if if you were in it. Yeah, that would be amazing. You and Vin. Yeah,
2: I think I should be in it because they can't go bigger, right? Yeah, they've they've already got the biggest men in the world. I don't know who else they're gonna get. So they have to go smaller. So they've got to go smaller. Why not go for one of the uh, Peter Dinklage? Yeah, they can have a scene where I like go to buy a suit jacket and uh, they don't have my size because I'm I'm too small. (laughs) Oh, the, another thing that uh, I want to mention is just this most hilarious, the best product placement since Daniel Craig going about a, going on about his Omega watch in uh, Casino mm. Royale. There's a bit in this where Kurt Russell, who's in it, <laughs> who's in the film, looking a bit like he doesn't know idea what he's doing there. He's a bit of a sort of Robert Redford in Captain America, you know, just like why am I? Where am I? Where's what, my? Money? What What are the films that these young people? You guys are
1: getting from those cars. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, so he turns up in it. And he's trying to charm Vin Diesel because he wants, you know, him and his gang to do a sort of uh, thing for him, and um, and he's like, "How about a nice Belgian ale or something?" And uh, Vin Diesel's like, uh, have you got a Corona? I'm more of a Corona man or something." I'm not going to bother you to voice, but he insists on being given Corona, and Carradz like, "Well, funny you should mention," and he just reaches behind a crate and pulls out a bucket of Coronas, like sitting in ice, you know? He's like, "Here you go, here's your Corona," and then like two scenes later he's like they, they mention it again like they talk wow. about they're like you know the, one of them loves corona and the other one doesn't it's like just if you do this for me maybe I'll try one of those coronas sometimes <laughs> it's like it's just really funny it's like one of those things where the actors are delivering it as though it's a normal line but you can tell that they're kind of dying inside Yesterday I bumped into Imelda Staunton She was out with her dog and we got talking I asked her what she does when she isn't acting so She said she likes podcasts for relaxing Imelda when you're in the mood What do you listen to?
1: So, Sam, I'm just still really interested in the Fast and Furious franchise. It's, fun. it's a fun it's been, franchise to talk about. I've compiled a little quiz. Oh, okay. I've got all the taglines for all seven entries. Um, some of them are multiple taglines. Okay. Uh, but um, I'm going to just throw them at you. I want you to tell me, is it seven, is it one, two, three, four, or five? Uh, But it won't be six. Or six. (laughs) (laughs) So, feel the speed, feel the
2: rush. Uh, I recognise that one. Is that Too Fast, Too Furious? No. Is that Fast and Furious, the fourth one? No. Okay. I think I should only get two guesses. There's really only so many. That was Fast and Furious 5 Rio Heist. (laughs) Okay. Um, should have been something about salsa or something. Well, no, 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 that's, that's not Brazilian. Should have been something about uh, elaborate um, <laughs> kebabs. <laughs> yeah, it should have been something about elaborate kebabs. <laughs>
1: um, Coruscant or something. If you ain't out of control, you ain't in control. Oh, that's Tokyo Drift, right? That's Tokyo Drift. they're drifting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well deduced. Vengeance heads home.
2: Oh, that's uh, this one. Yeah. That's Fast and Furious 7.
1: The other the uh,
2: tagline is One Last Ride. That's, yeah, it's a line in the film, so I would have got that one too. So, yeah. How
1: fast do you want it?
2: <laughs> really? How fast do you want it? How fast do you want it? Um, that's not the sort of porn version of Fast and Furious.
1: Apparently not, not according to IMDb.
2: Uh, I'm going to guess that that's the first one. Is that the fourth one? No.
1: It's, God, I'm terrible. It's Too Fast, to Furious, which has eight separate taglines. Oh, no,
2: that makes sense, right? Because it's like, how fast, too fast. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, so here are the taglines,
1: okay? How fast do you want it? And then the next four are all start with two. I'm going to give it to you, Furious. Too cool. Too bold. Too what? sexy. Too tough. They really sound like they're trying to make it into a sex film. Yes, cars are sexy. Okay, how about um, all roads lead to this? Six? That's six. Yes. Um, and they were doing kind an of obvious. This, I don't think that's set in Rome. It should be. On. <laughs> New model, original parts. Oh, Fast and Furious, the fourth one. The Fourth one, yeah, because the cast reunited. Yeah. And so it's a bit redundant of me to tell you, ask you what this is, but uh, if loyalties must be broken, if the lines must be crossed, <laughs> do it fast, do it furious. Uh, that's got to be the first one, right? They also has the tagline. If you have what it takes, you can have it all. (laughs) And the tagline: "When the sun goes down, another world comes to life." Which makes it sound like some sort of vampire (laughs) movie. It does. I like the way you delivered the first two taglines. If you have, if you have what it takes, if you have, you can have it all.
2: Yeah, you said that as though it was like if you have two pounds, you can have an extra (laughs) topping or something. Well, on that note, listeners. Thanks for listening, James. Thanks, James. Uh, and, and we'll see, for, see you for not, bowling Wait soon. a second, Danny. Let's not try to alienate the uh, potential other non-James
1: listeners that could be out you're there. You're right. Okay? Goodbye, I don't want to make James. them feel like we don't goodbye goodbye want to Goodbye, people who aren't James. Yeah. You're just as well. Once we learn your also, names, we'll address you directly. We
2: like we like you as well, you know. I don't want to have some sort of James favoritism going on here.
1: But again, James, you are our favorite.
2: <laughs> I, I I love each and every one of you um, as I would my
0: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Children, if I had my children. Good night and goodbye.